Welcome to Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. The only podcast to bring you insights on the world of hunting, fishing, and boating. With your host, J. Paul Jackson. You don't say much, do you? Rocky LaFleur. Y'all ain't it! I And Frost Reeves. I'm a simple man. I like pretty dark-haired women and breakfast food. Now, load up and side in. This is On The X. Welcome to the Excel Boats On The X podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I'm your host, J. Paul Jackson, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the handsome, charming, and talented Rocky LaFleur, and also by a very special guest coming to us from California, Mr. Kelly Brown of Bird Dog Waterfowl. Uh, Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, we're, we're excited to have you on here. I've been following your uh, page and looking at your products, and you've got some really cool stuff. I want to talk about that. But uh, first of all, Rocky, what's going on with you, brother? I'm, I've been editing audio oh, really? all this Monday morning. Uh, we had a, a, a weekend podcast at the End of the Line podcast. Uh, we've been... We talked a little bit about it Saturday, uh, a little bit of infighting amongst the tribe about face painting. So, <laughs> Kelly, you a face painter, Jay Paul? No, sir. No face paint over here. <laughs> you got enough beard covering that up. That yeah, face. Exactly. Facial hair. That's my face paint. <laughs> you know, I've been following this uh, on Duck South. And what, what Rocky's talking about, for those of you out there listening, uh, Rocky has a Facebook page, a group, the Duck South group on Facebook. And the, uh, it, it really is a great site because the premise behind it was to get guys from all over the country that are really serious waterfowlers to give a weekly waterfowl report and kind of a migration report so we could track the birds all across the country. And uh, for that, it's a great site. You should check it out. But of course, you got, whenever you got a site like that with, what do you got now, Rocky? Almost 8,000 or over 8,000 members? Yeah, 8,000. We started, we had 500 three weeks ago, and we've expanded all the way out to 8,000. It's growing really rapidly. Yeah, of course, when you have that kind of growth, you know, you also get the trollers out there, guys, who don't have anything better to do than just sit around, you know, on their keyboard all day long, trashing other people. And uh, been some pretty spirited debate about hen killing, face paint, Hey, I got a question for you, Jay Paul. This sure. this will be this will be pretty cool to bring up right now, right. because you were a star in the waterfowl industry <laughs> for a long time, and and still you recognize when when you, whenever you go anywhere. But I want to ask you this: What was the worst thing that you ever found somebody said about you online? Oh man, uh, you know people used to trash me on the forums all the time for two things. Uh, before I had the beard for my little soul patch and for, you know, my gravelly voice, you know, like does that guy just sit around smoking filterless cigarettes and drinking Jack Daniels straight all day long to get that kind of voice, you know, or, Oh my God, his voice is like fingernails on a chalkboard, you know, and, but that's probably the worst things that people ever said about me, trashing my soul patch and, and, and trashing my voice. And, you know, the soul patch I have or had will have again for a reason doesn't have anything to do with being good looking or being cool or anything like that. Hell, I got the perfect face for radio. I know that. Um, <laughs> I had a close, close friend who uh, died of cancer. And when he was undergoing chemo, um, 
before he died, all of his hair fell out. And this guy was, had thick, thick black hair. He was part Native American. And he was always really vain about his hair. And the last time I visited him in the hospital, the only hair on his body, I mean, on his face at all, was this little soul patch that he had going. And uh, about a week after I saw him in the hospital, he died last day of duck season. And so came home and like I did every year back then, I'd shave off my mustache and goatee after duck season. And uh, when I got down to that little soul patch, I just couldn't bring myself to cut it off, you know? So people used to trash on it all the time, but hell, I knew why I had it. It didn't really bother me. You know, uh, face paint, good Lord. I mean, face paint and is like scent blocker, you know? <laughs> A dead gum deer can smell anything. I mean, they're like a, a dog. You know, their sense of smell is so good. It's just like your dog. You walk in the house and your wife's cooking a pot roast and you go, mm, take a big sniff. Wow, beef pot roast. The dog walks in and he's, wow, beef pot roast. And it's got carrots and potatoes and celery. <laughs> and man, I smell a little bit of thyme, a little bit of oregano. You know, they can pick every little thing out it's the same way with deer you cannot hide your scent it doesn't matter people use that stuff because it makes them maybe feel better and i think face paint is the exact same way unless you're just pie facing the ducks do you see any reason for it at all kelly uh i really honestly i don't um a hat just does as good as anything to a duck is above you you keep your head down and stay hidden, they're gonna come in either way. You don't need a black face to um, kill ducks. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's my thing on it, my, my take on it, and, and then I wanna get Rocky back in here in a minute and hear his, but you know, if it makes you feel better, you feel like it gives you confidence, paint your face, you know? I mean, in all the crap that's going on in this world today that we've got to worry about, why there are people going on social media to make fun of somebody else because, you know, they want to look like the duck commander blows me away. Get a freaking life. Find something better. To, better yet, take your ass out and go duck hunting, you know? Exactly. <laughs> that's what I say. Who cares? Who freaking cares? <laughs> you can do it any way you want as long as you're doing it just because someone else isn't doing it the way you do it doesn't mean it's wrong and that's the way i see it if someone wants to paint their face feel free to paint your face if it makes you feel better makes you feel like you're a better hunter because of it do it don't do what everyone else is saying to do or not to do you need to just be yourself enjoy what you do and love it and Amen. Yes. I agree. I agree totally. But boy, they're having a great, great time with it over there on the Duck South group. It just keeps the keeps the momentum going on that page too. I know it just everyone feeds into each other and just it's all snowball. <laughs> you got that right. You know what was it? Uh, P.T. Barnum said bad publicity is better than no publicity at all. Well, Rocky, you've certainly got some stuff going on over there with the with the face paint haters, but you've also got some great migration reports coming through from some pretty serious guys all over the country. Uh, hey, I think the best part about that group are the professionals and experts that we've put in place to, with the helpful tips. And, and listen, I know you're not going to say it, so I'm going to say it for you. 
I'll give you an example. Jay Paul is our dog training expert. Now, Jay Paul made two videos last week. Number one, how to pick out a puppy as far as retrievers go. And also you made a video last week about uh, a when to take a dog hunting. And that was two great videos for people that may be starting out just now getting going to get a retriever or this is their first year to take a retriever out to the field. And it was two really, really good videos. Jay Paul had a huge response. We've got a guy that's doing taxidermy video tips. Uh, Jake Latondres is going to start today, make one for tomorrow about photography and videography. Um, we've got a guy that talks about duck habitat management. There, there's endless things. I think that's the most important part of what we're doing inside that group is the reports. And then you're able to reach out and touch people like J Paul, Jake, uh, Jimbo. Um, there's, there's tons of people that are, that are working with us through this group that are answering questions that usually wouldn't be answered. Yeah. And you know, we're going to get some, uh, expert voting advice later on also from, uh, my buddy Dave Reynolds there in Salt Lake City. Um, I like it. Thank you very much for that, Rocky, too. That was pretty kind of you. You know, for me, I, I enjoy doing the tips because as a professional dog trainer, I want people to be successful with their dogs. The one that I did about, you know, taking a dog on its first hunt. And if you haven't seen it, you don't have to go over there and look. But Basically, uh, I was out in the field last week with a young dog that had never been hunting before, one year old, and it, the owner hunts out of a pit all the time. So rather than taking her in on her first hunt in the dark with six guys, guns going off, all that stuff, we took her on a weekday afternoon in the broad daylight, just her owner and I introduced her to getting in and out of the pit the right way. We took a dummy with us where we could throw it out there in the decoys and let her leave the pit a few times. And then we killed a couple of ducks and the speckle belly goose. And she got to watch them fall. She figured it out. Um, the very next day we went back with a couple more people limited out on ducks and speckle belly geese. And she picked up every single bird and she was almost flawless, but was a really, really good introduction for that dog. And, you know, I think that that's the way to do it. It's really, really stupid to take a dog on its very first hunt, particularly a young pup, you know, putting it in a brand new situation where it's never been before in the dark, um, all kinds of new sensations. You know, there are a lot of potentially bad things that can happen there, whereas starting them out in the broad daylight just, you know, makes good sense. I know you're a dog guy. Kelly, what do you think of that? I completely agree. There's no point in throwing a dog into a situation where you're setting them up for failure. Um, you ease in every aspect of it gradually as, um, as it comes. I completely agree with you. I had a question for you though. What, what age do you think that a dog is completely ready for full hunting? Oh man. You know, um, I've taken puppies as young as six months old on, on hunts, but as far as ready to, to go and go with other people out there, you know, dog usually needs to be about a year old. There's some basic things that I think need to happen in training before you take your dog out to hunt with a group of people. Obviously, you've got to have really good obedience. You want to have that dog exposed to ducks, that dog exposed to gunfire, force fetch is a must so the dog can deliver to hand and you don't lose cripples. And so, you know, usually that entails a minimum of four or five months training. 
Um, you know, the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is start a dog on its first hunt with a dove hunt. I know loads of guys want to do that. And uh, I think that's not the wisest thing. Usually it's hot. The birds don't work. They just fly by. It looks like rocks falling out of the sky. You know, it, there's, that's not a good environment. Um, Kelly, I don't have any problem taking a dog as young as six months old out there and putting them in the blind and stuff, but you want it to be a very controlled environment. You know, I don't want it to have a whole bunch of folks and a whole bunch of guns going off and the dog going crazy. So generally about a year old after four or five months of training. Right. Okay. That's a controversy that everyone seems to have their own opinion on as well. You know, it's what age is appropriate. And I agree with you. I, I, I think it's about a year old is probably the, for me, for my opinion, at least is probably the right, the right age to. And you've got to have, you know, the other problem. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kelly. I'm sorry. I said, if you, if you've done the proper training. Exactly. And you've got to have, you know, realistic expectations. I mean, for instance, the dog that we took last week, she's just a little bit over a year old. She's had four or five months training with my wife, mainly and myself, uh, late summer and fall. You know, she doesn't run blind retrieves yet. So to get that dog out there, if she doesn't see a bird fall, you know, and this is a dog that's been forced to pile something, she'll kick off on back. But you got to understand, and her owner does, that dog's not going to run a blind. You need to make that dog successful. So if your expectation when she doesn't see it fall is you're just going to step out, say back and get her to go to the bird, that's not realistic. You know, um, the realistic thing is to be patient, walk out there, encourage her to hunt it up, start developing, you know, that, that skill um, and that ability to hunt dead and then get her back in some more training and, you know, just keep your expectations realistic and appropriate no matter the age of the dog. Uh, by the way, speaking of dogs, Kelly, now, uh, your company is Bird Dog Waterfowl. Tell us a little bit about your products, what you do, and how you came up with the concept for Bird Dog Waterfowl. So, um, yeah, just I started Bird, Bird Dog Waterfowl in uh, 2016, but it had been a, a long time concept in my, just in my head. And um, to finally decide to pull the trigger and go with it, um, I started with just a hat because the longest time I could never find a style of hat that promoted the hunting lifestyle that I liked. Um, I, I mean, I wear flat bill hats. Um, most I'm here in California. It's a little, you know, little West coast style. And, um, I just made those and, uh, then it, just wearing them people, you know, Hey, where do you get that hat? Where just started questions. And it's like, man, maybe I can, uh, do something like this. So I just started an Instagram page, social media, and uh, put it out there. And the response has just been overwhelming. In the past two years, it's, I mean, our page has grown to over 23,000 followers in two years. And just the response has been great. So um, we started with just the lifestyle apparel kind of thing and then ran with it and uh, developed it into making a custom uh, duck calls, goose calls, and um, even dog collars, lanyards. We, we're just uh, promoting that that uh, hunting lifestyle that uh, the market really hasn't seen. How did you come up with the name Bird Dog Waterfowl? So Bird Dog Waterfowl came up uh, after thinking and thinking. Uh, my nickname is Bird. 
I've been called bird ever since I was a little kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just. Hey, Rocky, Rocky, you've had a few people give you the bird, haven't you? <laughs> just a few. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kelly. They're just telling you you're number one, Rocky. <laughs> That's what they said too. Amen. <laughs> um, so so my, my nickname has been bird and uh, the bird dog lifestyle of hunting is, I mean, it's, there's two types of hunters, the guys that hunt without a dog and the guys that hunt with a dog. And I just enjoy that bond, that passion between you and your dog and working. And the joy of hunting for me is watching that dog work. That just it is a, an amazing thing to see and all your hard work with that dog paying off in the field and uh, that's just a great thing so why not put the best things together my me myself bird you know but bird dog <laughs> waterfowl man because that's what it's about the lifestyle is waterfowl so there's bird dog waterfowl for you now kelly hadn't y'all branched out into i heard now I've got to, of course we talk before these podcasts start, but you branched out into making calls also, right? Yes, we have. And, um, I don't, that's not completely on my own. I have a good friend who's active duty military who had his own, uh, duck call company that he decided to back off. And he said, you know what, I want to help you and let's make some great calls. I've blown his calls before and I knew what they were capable of. And he said, you know what, let's partner and let's be, uh, let's, let's build this. So we designed, we sat down, designed a call. Um, first, we started with a single read duck call and designed it from the inside out. The insert, tone board, everything is 100% custom. And uh, we said, how are we going to do this to, to create such a, a great sounding call that is, uh, can compete with anything on the market, but give it at an affordable price? And the way we found that was uh, doing a production way called cold casting, which is a hand poured uh, high grade polymer resin that is molded and it's the there's no mold lines, it's seamless. And um, we basically can get the price down to any duck hunter out there can pick up this call and uh, use it and not break their wallet at the same time. It's a great real live duck meat call. It's not, um, you know, those, those showboating uh, call, uh, show calls where a calling contest. But if you want something that you can call ducks in, in the uh, field and get them to respond, uh, we've found that this is, I mean, I stand behind it. I wouldn't put it out there if, it, if I didn't believe in it. So. In the hands of a trained professional, it probably sounds pretty good. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was digging at you, buddy. I know. I know. You put me on the spot. I'm not the best caller out there and I will be the first to admit that, but uh, neither am I. So, <laughs> so you know I, what? It's I, about I, convincing them to die. Usually I work, I work the dog. That's, that's my job. <laughs> hey, I know some professional guides who are very, watch very it. Oh, don't even start that. I would, I wasn't coming after you, Rocky. I wasn't coming after you. You're actually a pretty dead gum good duck caller. Now, your speckle belly call scares me a little bit. But <laughs> Hey, Kelly, I got, I got to ask you this. I'm one of those guys that, that is always thinking about waterfowling as a whole, what's going on across the, the whole platform. So uh, just, just an update, what, what's happening in California right now? 
right now. Uh, bird, bird-wise, is that we're talking migration? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it has been super slow. Unless you know the holes where the birds are going to be, and they're mostly the local birds. But right now, since this last weekend, we've started to see the push. So right now, it's really picked up. Usually, how for, for us, how it is, we have a really long duck season out here in California. Compare, we don't have splits or anything like that. Um, we start third weekend of October. And usually, of course, that's great hunting that weekend because <laughs> it's opening weekend. But then it slows down, and everyone out here calls it Slovember because it's just you can go out and get skunked every single time unless you really put in the work and do the scouting. Most, most people are getting skunked. Um, we get our push down usually around this time, late, uh, mid-December. And then we have a great season for the rest of the season. It ends uh, the end of January. And um, it, this is when it starts getting real fun. Yeah, I know. I was there um, the week after Thanksgiving. I went to Yuba City and hunted with a buddy of mine there. And, you know, we saw lots of geese, killed lots of geese, killed a few ducks, but the ducks really weren't there. We had successful hunts uh, every day. Two out of three days, we did really well. But mainly on the geese um you know and even in that area in the sacramento river valley the ducks they just don't arrive it doesn't seem like until about now mid-december by the way what area do you hunt we uh see uh, we hunt out of los banos uh california which is below sacramento and what has really happened for us over the years is that sacramento has all these great rice fields the rice checks and uh the birds get held up there a little longer than we'd like uh, they don't start make. They used to make it down a lot sooner, but I think they love it up there. So they have they have a lot of great hunting before we do, which is just the way the uh, territory works. You know, just we're south of them, and they got they got it. But right now, the teal are the first to come, and we get, we got the teal coming right now. We see a lot more teal, and behind them will be the rest of the birds. It's a great uh, indicator, though. Yeah, I hunted there a few years ago around Los Banos, and I know they kill loads and loads of teal there. I was amazed by the number of green-winged teal. The other thing that was really um, unique about it was that these guys, uh, there they were hunting in the marsh, not in the rice, as you call them, rice checks. And by the way, Rocky, rice checks is not a cereal. Um, what we would call a rice paddy in Mississippi or Arkansas, they call it a, a check. Any levied up area is a rice check. So, uh, but anyway, these guys were hunting these green winged teal and they were using for their call these big metal referee whistles, the kind with the P inside. And they would just like blow the living hell out of those things, you know, tweet, 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 tweet. And, and it seemed to work. Do you do that? Uh, well, any California hunter, if you don't have a, a teal whistle on you, um, you, have, you don't know what's going on. Uh, I do carry um, a tea whistle. It is not a metal one, but it does have that little P in it. And um, you, you can hear. <laughs> Just sounds like you're refereeing a soccer game. But um, the birds seem, seem to love it. Those teals seem to love it. And. Um, Definitely, you can turn them in, turn them in with that. 
You know what's so cool, Jay Paul, is, is all of these different areas of, of waterfowling, they all carry their, their cool traditions that, that have been around forever. Now, one of the things, now, all right, I may get this wrong, but when you came back, when was that, the, in the past two weeks, or was it last year, when you were talking about the waxing? No, that, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's pretty neat you brought that up, Rocky. Uh, Kelly, do you guys wax your ducks? Personally, I don't. I wish I did, but uh, it, it seems to be a great way to do it, uh, to clean, to defeather your ducks, and probably a lot simpler than sitting there and picking. But um, I have, we have heard of it out here, and a lot of people do do it. What yeah, the guy, yeah, the guys that I was hunting with in Los Banos, that's the way they do it. All right, and so folks, when I talk about waxing your ducks, I'm not, <laughs> I came back and told Rocky about this. I'm like, man, they would wax the ducks. And he's like, wait a minute, my wife waxes her legs. What the heck are you talking about? But it, it really is the, a similar concept. These guys, would have these big vats, big metal vats, and they would uh, put them over a, a propane burner and take these big blocks of candle wax that they would melt. And then they would take the teal and they would dip them really, really thoroughly in the hot wax. They usually wear uh, rubber fisherman's gloves when they're doing this. And they pull the teal out of the hot wax and then dip it in ice water to cause that wax to go on and solidify very quickly. And of course it would, you know, stick to the wings. And then they simply peel the wax off of the duck. And when you do, all the feathers come off with it. And it, it was pretty super efficient. Didn't make nearly the mess that the, you know, traditional magic rubber fingers type pickers make. And uh, at one place that I went, they would double wax and they would, do them a second time to get those really fine hair-like uh, pin feathers off. At another place, after they waxed them and peeled it off, they would simply take their ducks and run them over uh, a kerosene lamp's flame to, to singe it off. But never seen that back east. Is that a pretty common practice there in California, Kelly? Uh, it seems like a, a lot of the clubs uh, it is. You know, you don't obviously have that with the public land hunters that are walking out of the refuge with uh, all their ducks. But um, on some of the clubs, the club I'm on, they don't uh, do that the old traditional way. Uh, it's been around since 1927, the, the one I'm on. But some of these other clubs, I do know that they, uh, it, it is a way that they just all get together, dip their birds, let them harden up and uh, clean them super easy. One more question for you, right quick, bringing it back to your company, Bird Dog Waterfowl. Yeah. Um, let's go back to bird dog waterfowl. You started out with just uh, a couple of caps, a couple of hats. You've expanded. You've added dog products, which is pretty appropriate given the name. Yeah. Uh, duck calls. How many different products do you currently have now? Um, right now, it's around uh, 25 products, uh, ranging from apparel to shirts, hats, sweatshirts, um, what we really are focusing on 2018, trying to really get into is the dog-centered uh, products. Um, you know, the vests, uh, dog stands for the marsh, uh, things like that. We really wanna get into like 
the dog focused hunting. Um, Cause it, it started great with the apparel and everything, but um, we really want to focus down and uh, get into the whole using the dog in the hunting. Somebody wanted to check you guys out. How do we find you? Where are you at? Um, I would say, I would recommend our social media. Um, Instagram is probably our biggest uh, tool that we use for uh, advertising, marketing, inter- engaging with the customers, uh, answering questions. You're, you're going to get a real person on there and uh, talk to us. You know, it's not you, where you send a message and get a response back. A bit. We can, we'll talk to you and hang out and, you know, if you want to talk about dogs or talk about anything, you can just uh, contact us. Instagram, we are at bird dog waterfowl, all one word together. Uh, Facebook, you can just search bird dog waterfowl. And of course, the website, www.birddogwaterfowl.com. Cool. Well, go on, folks, and, and check it out. Kelly, I'll tell you what, man, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on. Um, yeah, we tried this, I know, Saturday for a minute, but with all of us, uh, <laughs> with all of us, I just got a funny text. Um, <laughs> we tried this Saturday with all of us duck hunting, and it didn't quite work out. So I know hey, you're a pretty serious duck hunter. Jay Paul said, Jay Paul sounded like a robot. <laughs> hey, I do. When I want, look, I'm, I'm going to reveal a little secret about me real quick before we get off of here. Whenever I am wanting to get off of one of those long, drawn, drawn out phone calls, I'll do the old, like my phone's breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was a tough task for sure. Uh, but hey, we're all hunters, you know? We're out there. I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought J Paul was just trying to pull my old trick. <laughs> I w- no, I mean, you know, we were out in the field. We had a great hunt that morning, limited out on our speckle bellies there in Arkansas. But dead gum, man. I mean, the infrastructure down there in southeast Arkansas, there is not decent cell reception apparently anywhere in that little corner of the state at all. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, on Saturday when I knew we were going to be doing that as I – I got up, I live about an hour from Los Banos, so it's an hour drive there. Went, and I mean, it was great. So I got up to 20 minutes, had five birds already, so two more left. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my two, get home before the, we start the show. So I got my two, drove back another hour, I made it back in time. And I was like, yeah. So then we're sitting there, and then, oh, man, you sound like a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> It was bad. It was really bad. Thank God the hunting was good and made it worth it. It was. Um, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, thank you for uh, everything you, you've done. Well, you've been a great guest, man. Guys, be sure and check out Bird Dog Waterfowl on social media and on the internet. And also, uh, Kelly is participating uh, in our excellent boat giveaway. Um, if you go to the Excel Boats Facebook page, You'll know that uh, we're giving away in February, I believe it is, a brand new Excel boat. We have lots of good partners that have come on board to add to that giveaway, uh, including Camp Chef, Sika Gear, and of course, uh, Kelly with Bird Dog Waterfowl. And we really appreciate that. So, and, and Kelly, uh, I'll tell you, it's kind of been a tradition since Rocky and I started this podcast that before we get off most days, we give everybody a chance to, uh, have their parting shot. So uh, 
got a few comments from you on face on face painting and i know that you're a social media based company right uh, uh, overall what do you think about the trollers oh man you know at first when i first started it it was like it would really personally kind of start to offend me for a second and uh but now it's just you're not doing something right unless there's people out there trolling and they don't if they don't have anything better to do than give you shots like you said it's no uh bad any publicity is publicity so you know i let it i let it slide and i let it sit there and it just creates a stir and it's actually good for business you know so but troll on trollers <laughs> how about you rocky uh you got any parting thoughts for us ah rocky he's going into that transformer stuff see i know he's got good service right now kelly he is doing this intentionally either that or he is totally engrossed in a rerun of saved by the bell which is it rocky <laughs> yeah screech screech just uh screech just put the mascot tiger head on real quick so i had to I had to pause it <laughs> no I, I mean from the control center i my phone and everything it wasn't the app but my phone just totally locked up. So if you could repeat that question to me. Well, you, give me your part and shot. You've always got something good. We've been on this face paint rant, hen killing. Uh, just what do you think? I, I'll say this, and I, I think it goes back to this. Josh Criswell, Josh is one of the most respected taxidermists in the United States. He is one of the few international taxidermist you can ship your your waterfowl to if you're out of out of the country josh made a wonderful post about this duck waterfowl stamps waterfowl stamps overall since duck commander started what 10 15 years ago were down almost 2 million he and he made a great point about this duck commander created a craze that brought a new blood in but we're still down 2 million in in stamp sales. I don't want to be that person to shame anybody out of waterfowling. As long as they're doing it legally or ethically, go ahead. I don't care. Maybe I'm becoming a libertarian in my old age. I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't affect me. That's my thoughts. You know, that is probably one of the most lucid things that I've ever heard come out of your mouth. But seriously, I agree. 100%. You know, I shared uh, that article with you earlier this week, Rocky, that, um, and Kelly, I'll tell you about it. It was an article about a uh, park in a public area in Chicago that is still open to waterfowling, which blew my mind. I didn't know such thing even existed. I've traveled all over this country. I've hunted in almost 30 states, but and I've hunted right outside of Chicago, but I didn't know that. But one of the things that the article stated was that over the last couple of decades, waterfowl license sales in that area, uh, and I, I can't remember if it was all of Illinois or just the northern Illinois, Chicago land area, I think it was statewide, are down over 50%. You know, everybody thinks that duck hunting is such a big, huge business. And, you know, obviously it is because you're making a living in it, Kelly. But do you actually know how many duck hunters there are in the United States? I don't know off the top of my head, no. I, I couldn't even you, remember to guess off of. I, 
Oh, come on, give me a wild guess. In the United States. Uh, five million. <laughs> that, you know, that's not a horrible guess. Um, but it's actually, and it depends on whose metric you use, but somewhere between 1.2 and 1.5 million. Wow. That's all we've got. We're below a million and a half. Google it, research it, you'll see. You're going to get a variety of opinions, but they're all going to be in that range. 1.2 to 1.5 million. You know, um, last year there was an article in Delta Waterfowl about the declining number of duck hunters. And again, on social media, Delta just got, you know, hammered by, you know, all these guys arguing, oh, they're, you know, we got too many people in the sport. The boat ramps are overcrowded on the public land, blah, 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 blah. Facts are facts, okay? License sales don't lie. I mean, we are in an age where our sport, uh, the number of us out there is dwindling. So, Rocky, man, that was great what you said. You're exactly right. I, I really hope that everybody out there listening that's a serious waterfowler will, you know, take a moment to, realize that hey we need all the numbers that we can get duck stamp cells are the driving force behind habitat and uh as those numbers go down so are our opportunities going to go down so definitely definitely a, a great thought there rocky oh yeah i mean that i and i, I would all to draw jot like i said josh chris is the one that posted that and and like he said who cares as long as you're doing it legally i don't care if you paint your face up and look like you just got smutted out by a diesel truck at the end of a racetrack, I don't care. <laughs> oh man, that was, that, was, that was great. Well, I'll tell you what guys, we've kept you for a while, Kelly. Thank you so much for being on here, Rocky. Uh, glad you were with us today too, man. We miss our buddy Frost Reeves. Hopefully Frost will be back around with us on the next go round. Hey, Jay Paul, before you go, yep. how creative uh, could Frost get with the face painting? Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's not here for that. Yes. Damn it. What a disappointment. Oh my Lord. The one liners <laughs> that would come out of his mouth about face painting. Ah, Fine, lost opportunity. <laughs> Kelly, thank you, bud. Thank you. Thanks, Rocky. Man, we appreciate having you guys. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Uh, check out those hunter numbers, and uh, you'll see they're accurate. Um, we're going to discuss that and when we come back again next week. We've also, uh, I believe, our special guest next week is from uh, the Fowler's Box, um, company that actually makes goodie boxes for waterfowlers so we'll be checking them out and talking to them next week and also revisiting the duck numbers until then for my good buddy and co-host rocky lafore and our guest kelly brown i'm jay paul jackson thanking you for listening to this edition of the excel boats on the x podcast powered by mud buddy motors